Welcome to Athletes to Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, and we've created this platform to help athletes and other alumni to network and connect amongst their alumni groups. And the show is all about teaching inspiring athletes that there is life after sports. I interview former collegiate professional athletes and talk about their journey out and just to successful entrepreneurship and business leadership, uh, just all across all sports and different athletes. I'm so excited today to have AJ Donaldson. How you doing, AJ? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. AJ is actually in New Jersey. He's a fellow South Floridian with me, uh, but he's, he's, he's made his way to the, the Northeast uh, this week. So uh, AJ played uh, college football at the University of Miami, former Hurricane. Uh, and then once he got done, he dabbled into, oh, there you go. He's, he's from the U, although I hear other people say that too. <laughs> Depends on which U it's from, but, but down here in South Florida, we know the U is being Miami. Uh, so he got into, uh, when he got done with playing there, he got into some real estate, mortgage broker. Uh, dabbled in some different things, ultimately creating a tutoring business. And then that led ultimately to uh, being the founder and CEO of Epic. And he's going to tell us all about that uh, as we go on. So uh, AJ, I always like to ask, um, when you were growing up, talk about how sports shaped you leading up to college. Oh, man. Wow. So great question. And, and Rob, thank you for this platform. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak to people. Uh, and really spread the good news of what Epic is doing in the world and what we can do together. Uh, so, I mean, growing up traditionally uh, in a low to moderate income home, and I say moderate just because my mom worked so diligently and hard to provide, um, but I didn't spend a lot of time uh, in the sports. It was grades. It was music. My mom is or was um, a music educator. So education had been in our family for generations. And I was finding myself tutoring kids, even in her music program. As I say that, there was also the absence of a father, right? Single family home, which I honor my mom and everything that she did to provide. Same time, there's still that deficit. So um, I leaned on mentorship. And of course, in the community I grew up in, one of the greatest mentors you ever had was your football coach, right? And yeah. uh, being a six foot, 225 pound boy, uh, typically you kind of get pushed into that. And there was just a lot of uh, there's a lot that I needed to pour into the sport because of the lack, right? The emotional intelligence, the social emotional intelligence wasn't there, and so a lot of times we as young men pour a lot of that, you know, uh, aggression, if you will, right? As we develop as young men, and we're falling into our bodies, getting bigger, faster, and stronger. There's a place to put it all. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Uh, so um, did you think about being a professional athlete? Was there a dream? It was it football or another sport growing up. That's a great question. I mean, I played multiple sports, you know, track, wrestling, things of that nature. It was a lot of it was more like conditioning, strength conditioning to get me prepared for football. But to be honest with you, I did not have the aspiration to become, you know, the NFL star. The back of your mind, it's always there. You always hope, like, man, maybe if I get my chance. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, the goal was about earning a very substantial income, right? Single family home, wanting to set your mother and predominantly single family homes with mothers, not to take away from fathers who are single dads as well. But a lot of times it's wanting to set that parent free from the financial woes uh, their situation and circumstances. So that was the goal. Like at the end of the day, college football was to pay for college. Right. Right. Uh, and a lot of people don't know this about me. That wasn't necessarily my claim to fame. 
you know, I got a full academic scholarship to University of Miami during a season that they actually had, uh, they were on probation. They didn't have the athletic scholarship. You had a lot of guys come in on track scholarships and all these other scholarships. I happened to be one of the few out of 180 guys on a team that was actually on an academic scholarship to be at the University of Miami. So they essentially got a three, four star athlete for free by way of all the hard work I put into the classroom. Um, but no, I mean, if, if they was, if they were going to recruit me and have me play in the NFL, it was going to be an automatic yes, because we knew what the dollar sign was. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people feel that way. And then, uh, you know, and then ultimately, you know, as we all know, like a, just a small percentage do, uh, are fortunate enough to get to, you know, playing the professional sports. So, um, one thing I, I talk about is, um, the, you know, with the whole athlete transition out of sports, it's such a major problem today between mental health and financial mm-hmm. literacy, a lot of other areas, you know, just identifying yourself and, you know, what career do you go into? So when you were at UM, uh, was there any type of courses, and I don't mean just like a, a one-day workshop, but courses that um, that helped athletes um, ultimately transition out of sports? Another phenomenal question. Um, I mean, not showing my age, but back in those late 90s, early 2000s, you know, the dynamics of having programmatic uh, time and instruction in there when it comes to like financial literacy, uh, social emotional intelligence absolutely not you know we had things like etiquette class we had things like you know strength and conditioning and things of that nature uh, and etiquette class came because we were going to have to have dinners in front of uh, uh financial supporters of the organization right so we didn't want to embarrass ourselves a lot of us didn't grow up learning how to have a specific type of etiquette at a dinner table i personally did because i grew up in a jamaican household right and so there was right. no not doing that not learning that by way of my mother's my aunt's my godmother uh, and so that, that was some of the things that we had in place, but definitely not the, you know, the, the emotional intelligence or any of those things that we absolutely need today. Now, are there, have you, um, are you still kind of in touch with the program? Do you know, if, uh, cause I mean, I, I know more schools now are probably doing some things, maybe not a lot of things, but some things, I mean, do you know if, if Miami is doing stuff now more so with that? Not as familiar with that specific line of programming. I mean, as an alumni at the University of Miami, you know, we get the emails, a lot of times the emails from a booster standpoint or just to have us involved by coming to the games, you know, sitting up into the, um, you know, the suites to come out and honoring us as alumni to come onto the field, things of that nature, but not to the extent of knowing all the ins and outs of the programs to help nurture these young men. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's probably the case. I think some schools it depends on you know what the school is. It's, uh, obviously, it depends on the sports, but it's something that we're trying to do uh, also as a company, just looking at ways that we could bring you know a group of partners together across the different again the financial, mental health, and all that to potentially become an extension of an athletic program or maybe even at a professional level to where we could bring these resources, but not only for the current athletes, but I think also for the alumni athletes. A lot of times, the alumni athletes tend to get forgotten. So whether it's forgotten because it's a new athletic director, new coaching staff or whatever, but we want to bring that back together and, and kind of spotlight that uh, on them. So um, you, you kind of touched on, it's a good segue to um, alumni engagement. Uh, so obviously, you know, big for us at Alumni Direct. So you, you said that, um, you know, they reach out a little bit, have the players come to games and all that. Um, have you seen any more programs where they might be you know, wanting you to mentor, but not just a, like the, the one-time thing, but working closer with the athletes? It's great. I mean, there are certain athletes that they will lean on and, you know, ask for support, not necessarily the entire or extending an opportunity for the entire allotment of alumni to come back. 
and pay it forward. Um, I have heard of multiple athletes, friends of mine, who have been asked to come in and maybe, you know, be the chaplain or things of that nature, but nothing actually, from what I've seen, my experience, um, right. intentionally done to really have the alumni have a direct, right, uh, name right. it uh, on purpose, pun intended, a direct access to the players for multiple reasons. In fact, there's multiple reasons why they even uh, um, make sure that they have certain hurdles in place on purpose to keep certain alumni away from the athletes, especially because of the influence and other things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I mean, it's, um, I, I think it's important to tap into alumni, um, you know, whether it's from the athlete side or even the non-athlete side as well. I mean, I always uh, encourage and we talk about is just um, people want to help. And, and, and with the struggles that some of these athletes encounter, again, whether it's they're still playing now or, or they're done playing is, is uh, if they tap into that alumni group, um, people, you know, whether it's, you know, former players or uh, again, any kind of former alumni, but they should definitely do. We definitely recommend doing that. Um, and I, I know I've, I've heard, I've talked to some people, like I talked to an agent uh, where her player wanted to go back to the school and it's like, they almost shunned it, which you know is, is incredible because I think um, you need to tap into that. In fact, it was funny. I was on a call myself um, with, with my al- alumni um and uh, one of the former players from the program, one top-notch Hall of Fame player, just said, listen, I, I'm here. You know, I, I was a Hall of Fame player from the school. I played in the NFL for 10 years. Tap into me. I want to help. So I think hopefully we'll, we'll start seeing more of the schools reaching out or the athletes reaching out and just kind of coming together as a team. Well, I mean, to your point, I think the challenges are it's a control dynamic and liabilities, right? You don't know. There would have to be a, not just a vetting process, but there had to be some control measurements that's put in place uh, and variables that they have to be concerned about. Because, again, you know, the pipelining and the dynamics of influencing these young men to make certain decisions um, that may or may not be in their, their favor by way of now next level decisions. And, you know, which teams are they going to pursue uh, and which teams are pursuing them? So I think that's where their concerns come in versus a more holistic approach with certain individuals that aren't even at all like myself, for example, interested in influencing where a kid stays in, you know, stays at one particular school, goes into the portal, goes to another school, or even talk about going to the NFL and which teams. Right. So I'm more worried about this young man's mental health. I'm more worried about, you know, what does the future look like after the NFL? Not what they do in between right now that you guys have that already going on. We've been doing it for generations at this point. It's more like how do we add value to this process on behalf of the young person, right? That that's the key. That's at the end of the day, anything and everything that attaches itself to my name or attach myself to, that has to be at the at the core of it all. How are we supporting in a positive, holistic way these young men and young women, young people in general into the future? Because we're not doing that proactively, intentionally, the future doesn't look that bright. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, absolutely. So um, let, let's talk about networking, connecting and talk about the importance of that um, in, in just our daily lives. And then also um, while while you're still active playing. I mean, yeah. So the importance of networking and, you know, what I've learned even over the last couple of years that has really helped accelerate me is not to randomly network. Right. Um, if we are trying to, to build true integrous relationships, then being able to have a conversation human to human, right? Person to person and 
really ask concerted questions. Uh, that's where I've found that a lot of our successes come from, where these interactions like this right here, right? We're getting to know each other. It's not just, you know, pitching, closing, selling them on some idea. because We're all pitched out at this point. We're so tired <laughs> right. and exhausted from the pitch deck that, and these are people at the highest levels of business that are just tired. If, if I don't get along with you, if this doesn't align with, you know, my mission, vision, and purpose in the world, then we don't need to be having a conversation. And in doing so, we have to, we have to know our audience. We have to know who we're talking to a little bit better through our homework and so forth. So, I mean, the importance of networking is there, but it, 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 taking even a slight step above the importance of building rapport, like true integrous based rapport is key to everything, right? Where, you know, they say you can't choose your family, right? You can't choose your family, their blood, but there is such thing called chosen family. Uh, and if I choose to do life with you, cause it's like, Oh, I have my business practice. I need to align. I was like, this is feeding my family, right? So you almost have to feel like family to me where I really feel like you have my good, uh, um, you have my good, uh, um, what's the word? Forgive me. Uh, intentions. intentions. Like you have good intentions yeah. towards my life. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that the key that you said there too is relationships and you're right. I mean, you can't, you don't want to take that shotgun approach. I mean, you want to be intentional about who you're networking with. And, and, uh, we always talk about too, I, I you know, profession, you need to take that, um, kind of have that, uh, that giving helping mentality. Uh, cause I think it's just, uh, right. it's not about, necessarily what's in it for you, but how can you help somebody else? Because I think, you know, what's in, I was talking to somebody earlier on another podcast and we, we discussed that just, um, the, the more you give, the more will will come back. And I, I think that's, that's important. And then, yeah, absolutely. And then I guess the other thing too, is as a player, talk about the importance of networking while you're still playing. Oh, wow. I mean, and it's funny because to the point, the phrase I was going to use is to have your best interest at heart, right? Yeah. That you can truly feel and trust that this person has your best interest at heart. So starting from being a player, I mean, there's no better time than now. Like, it's not for us to wait until I get there. Um, you know, I have a voice now and an opportunity to build that kind of rapport at this level so that the rapport gets built over time. So there's no better time than the present. Why am I waiting until after the right. fact to start? Right. If I have the ability to spend that time with an individual um, and, and allow that rapport to be built, then the, the time is now. So absolutely encouraged. And I will say this to your point. I've, I've spoken to a lot of the guys who are in the NFL now. And the, the thing, the common denominator that came out was we spend so much. Here's the word again. Time on and off the field, either in the classroom, training, preparing for games, et cetera. We're not necessarily doing internships. We're not necessarily doing, you know, job readiness at that moment. We're going to class. We're going to field. We're going to class. It's only 24 hours in a day, and we need to get rest. So the dynamics of that is by the time college football or the athletics end, you really don't have any work experience. Right. Right? Yeah. No, that, you've been working on the field this whole time. Yeah, and then I guess, you know, to, to that point – there's a lot of the non-athletes that do get the opportunities to do the internships and all that. And so like, they're almost right. a step ahead. You kind of hear the stories of like these guys that are done or, or females that are done. And they're like, their friends that didn't make it. They're like way ahead of them at this point because they had all those other opportunities yep. to, to do that. So um, I always like to talk about a little controversial topic, but um, I like to talk about NIL name image likeness. And I know it's something that's current day versus when you play, but give me your thoughts, uh, both positive and negative. 
I mean, and that's a great question because, you know, not deep diving into it, not having a level of expertise, but being as familiar as a lot of the general public would be like, oh, this thing exists, right. this is something you have the one hand where as a former athlete say, well, it's about time, right? There's right. a lot of money being made on our time and our effort. So we should be getting a cut of it, a piece of it and so forth. Absolutely. You using our image, using our likeness, our IP, right? Our intellectual property in that respect. Right. So yeah, there should be a compensation, if you will, while at the same time, so that's positive side, on the negative side is you have a lot of young men who are coming into wealth so quickly without having any real financial literacy, right? It's like, okay, I'm getting money. Great. I'm going to go buy a car. You, you don't know about investment portfolios and diversity. You don't know where to put your money, right? You're just so excited that you have it, right? And especially with the general public is perceiving as wealth and as money, Right. We're not recognizing, well, there's this thing, we don't say there's only two things that's consistent or that's a guarantee in life is death and taxes. Yeah. Right. So we, we have this thing that we have to account for where as soon as you get past a certain tax bracket, eight, 15 percent, it's 30 something, it's 40 something and so forth. And so that's the part of it that we have to be mindful of. And this is the information you don't know, you don't know. Right. right? Maybe happenstance or hearsay. So being able to have that intelligence, you're almost setting kids up for failure because all right, now we're compensating them. Now they have these opportunities to go uh, in and out of portals and to really take hold of their uh, careers. Well, at the same time, uh, I am completely ignorant as to how to really leverage this for my gain long term, again, over right. time. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that that is a, one of the biggest drawbacks that you're right is the um, – the lack of education. I mean, there needs to be more education. And I actually have another podcast called NIL uh, for you, the number four, the letter U. And we talk about, um, it's all about educating people. My co-host uh, has a business where they work with high school athletes and their families to teach them to like what you're saying is, you know, you need to form an LLC or you need to do these different things uh, from a financial literacy. You know, you're gonna have to pay taxes. I, I heard one story where this athlete, it got something like a $40,000 NIL deal and he you know, spent all the money with his friends. And I, I get that. I mean, it's not just athletes, young people. However, because that happened, it took his family's income threshold above the level where he lost his, uh, his uh, full scholarship and that should never happen. So, I mean, wow. I think there's, yeah, it, it's bad. I mean, you know, th there needs to be some education around that for sure. Yeah. No, so, dude, that's, um, and it's funny, the, the word education, if I may, the yeah. word education, there's, there has to be a distinction. And, um, as you shared with my background and coming out of University of Miami, dabbling a little bit here and there, trying to figure out where I was going to be able to maximize my time and get the, the, the greatest return on my time and investment. Um, you know, did real estate, did mortgages, and then end up starting my own tutoring business. And along the way, you know, Epic comes up eventually, but along the way, we started to really be exposed to what is and what is not in a both a classroom environment and a household environment. And I say classroom to allude to the schooling aspect of it. We are all programmed, right? As American citizens, that is an education system, right? This is our education system where based on United Mentors, you know, the tutoring space that I come out of, which is all supplemental education, right? Supplemental education. The distinction between schooling and education, there's a, there's a, very distinction there's a micro distinction really that we are not thinking or educated on that there's a difference right you know rob your education 
did not start at school, right? It started at right. home. You didn't, yeah. you didn't utter your first words or read your first book at school at five, six years old, right? It was at home. And I already know, even in this podcast, the education, the platform that you're providing others is your education didn't stop when school ended either, college or otherwise. Right. So it's, it's technically a school system because right. our education doesn't start and end with school. And that's, that's the programming because of deletion, distortion, dilution. Like we, we've got programming and there's a lot of distortion around what we should and should not know because, hey, if I send my kid to school, I'm a good parent. I'm doing the right thing. Right. I'm not going to jail, true in law, right? But it's not enough. Hashtag school. And this is something that we've been using for the publicity part of it to help the community educate them and say, guys, school's not enough. Great. That is a start to make sure your kid's going to school. You didn't have a choice. It's mandated by the government. With that said, you must supplement, right? And we're not just talking about tutoring. We're not just talking about math, science, English, reading, things of that nature. We're talking about financial literacy. We're talking about taxes. We're talking about economy. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting in school anymore based on the transitions of the model, the evolving education system, the evolving school system. So this is exactly why we're, we have the perfect platform to help supplement and educate families on what they can do to ensure, right, Gu- almost guarantee their kids are going to receive the full scope of what they need to be successful in life. Yeah, no, that that's great. That's great. So let's talk about, uh, I, this is a, a new wrinkle in my podcast that I've that I put in the, the, the kind of fun questions. And uh, so give advice to freshman AJ. What advice would you give? Uh, the first thing I'd be, you may want to reevaluate doing a double engineering degree while playing division one football. That's, that's, uh, that's number one, uh, especially in hindsight, if I knew mentorship, if I knew then what I knew now, right? Yeah. If I knew then what I know now. Um, definitely would not have done that, right? Would have advised against it. Again, I could have done whatever you want to do, son. But at the end of the day, the 168 credits trying to balance them full-time athletics and the demand of it was it was never going to work. It, it was just going to cripple both experiences because you're doing too much, yeah. right? Um, to get one major, stick to it. Don't double it up, um, especially because of the financial woes that are attached to it and understanding the system. Because even after football ends, you still got to finish this degree that you set out three, four years ago. And it's going to take you an extra year and a half, two years, which means 60 grand worth of debt. Do you think it's worth it now? (laughs) Good, good advice there. Now now let's, uh, let's fast forward. Give advice to senior AJ. Wow. Senior AJ to give advice to myself. That's, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I would say what's going on right now in my life is, um, you know, stop hiding, right? You have a voice, you have a wealth of experience to pay forward, right? And it's opportunities like podcasts like this where you can speak up and speak towards supporting young people uh, versus just kind of hiding behind other identities and organizations. Like you said earlier, you need to incorporate an LLC. Yes, but that's about taxes. You know, you, right. you don't have to be behind, you know, uh, Alumni Direct. This is Rob. Right. Rob has a voice. Rob has a lot of value to share with the community. Oh, and then this is my organization over here that we do these particular services and you can have mobile services, diversify your income, diversify your portfolio by way of not hiding beneath the corporate veil, but actually rising above it and having this platform help the world. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. So that's always it's funny because I'll ask the question like, ah, OK, <laughs> let me think back about that one. So let's talk about um 
you know, you played, you played football and sports and everything, you know, growing up throughout and just all the way through college. Talk a little bit about your transition uh, out of sport and then um, maybe give some keywords of advice to other athletes. It was a, I appreciate you asking that because it was a tough transition. Um, it was a very, very hard decision because of the decisions made prior. Obviously, like I said, doing a double engineering major, which, you know, an academic scholarship. So I came in with the 4.0, the 1400 SAT score. So getting an academic scholarship and venturing into a double major. Um, then also spending a lot of time playing football, which one took away from the other where I was a cross product. Sometimes engineering took me away from football and football took me, certainly took me away from engineering. So, um, you know, first and foremost, having to make a decision about, you know, leaving the football team was rough. I mean, that was probably one of the pinnacle moments of my life. Literally it was, you know, life changing and realizing it was absolutely necessary and probably should have happened sooner. Right. Maybe, maybe <laughs> probably should have happened sooner. Um, but in hindsight, having to make that transition and then find myself out in the community, right? No work experience, right? A good math acumen, so forth, so on. You know, the mentorship dynamic was key, right? So without mentors, bro, I don't know where I'd be right now. Absolutely not. So I sat behind or sat in front of wise men and women and I just asked questions and I just consumed as much of this wisdom and experience as, as possible, just like Epic, experienced professionals impacting communities, right? The reason I named that, because that EP, that was critical for me to be even get to where I am today, right? There was no way to get, I was going to go and get another degree. Let me go get the MBA. Let me get all these other things. There's experience. Like that's, that's what right. uh, America was built on. That's what the school system was built on back when education uh, in America, actually created tradesmanship in the towns, the villages, and things of that nature. So mentorship was everything. And thankfully, you know, laying out uh, a plan, right, and having a mentor walk me through it really helped kind of pick up things, got incorporated, started my first corporation, made good money, eventually rebranded, took a $20,000 line of credit, turned into a million-dollar generating revenue source, right? And, you know, the rest is history, brother. Yeah, that, that's great. That's And that's again, what we want to do with the athletes is, I mean, there's a lot of struggles. I mean, some people are fortunate. They, you know, they, they have a game plan ahead of time. They've got their plan B. They're looking at stuff, but you just hear a lot of these stories where they're not. So to, to hear the story where you're kind of looking at it and that's what we're encouraging athletes to do is just um, at some point yeah. uh, it's not just AJ, the football player, but it's AJ, the person you got many years ahead of you and, and definitely, you know, you want to utilize it. So uh, you, you went through some different, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, real estate and mortgage and, and uh, tapping into some other areas, but ultimately the tutoring that led to education, all that talk about, um, you know, talk about Epic and uh, talk about what you're doing today, how you're helping people. And then uh, we'll, we'll follow up with the foundation component of it. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. Um, so from college, starting my first business, my LLC, right. A limited liability corporation for those who don't know what LLC stands for. You know, a lot of times because we know, we forget that people don't know, right? Yeah. So if I can give that to you, it's just another corporate status. You know, there's C-Corps, S-Corps, all these things. So learning that at 24 years old and trying to uh, learn as I went, right? Almost that fake it to make it fallacy, you know, learning as I go and, and, and taking the losses and the L's and turning them into lessons and next year, next year, next year. 
Um, along the way of that growth, that trajectory that I talked about, that 5,500x over five, six years, um, I, I realized something. You know, our reputation organically started to grow independent of marketing, right? We didn't know marketing, right? It was all grassroots. It was people talking to people about the success we were having with their kids. We, I mean, we were guaranteeing one letter grade, but most kids were doing two or three letter grade increases. We were taking the worst scenarios, brother. I'm talking about ninth graders who were reading at a second grade level, who were doing math at a third grade level. By the time we went through a summer program, they were at an 11th grade level. That's the type of results we were getting with my for-profit United Mentors. Uh, And because of that impact, right, impact, the reputation got out into community because these were private schools and so forth and so on, but it started to touch the charter schools, started to touch the public schools. What does that mean? Well, the misconception is that if you go to a private school, you're wealthy, right? You've got money. You come from moderate to high income homes. That couldn't be farther from the truth. There's a lot of private schools that take certain scholarships to allow, you know, low to moderate income families coming to their, to their institutions. Obviously, you also have the public schools, right? Predominantly, a lot of the low to moderate income homes are there. So now we have families calling who are in desperate need of support, our specific support, and could not afford it. No matter what the nominal fees were, no matter how below the market value we were undercutting, it didn't matter. Like, it just adds up. You could be paying $50 an hour or less if you have to do 20 hours a month of tutoring because your kid is three levels behind, that adds up really quickly. You know what I mean? Right. So at one point, we were moved to start a foundation in order to facilitate scholarships. That's how this whole thing got started. And scholarships went on for five, six, seven years. Boom, COVID happened. Right. And at that point, what happened was the for-profit United Mentors, Epic being a subsidiary, the nonprofit leg, shifted where Epic took off, right? And we still have United Mentors over here doing tutoring, facilitating tutoring, you know, services. But the foundation really took off because then we could also factor in a lot of different funding opportunities to help accelerate not just scholarships, but the mentorship. Because this is what it is. Information paid forward. Right from one generation to the next, if I knew then what I know now. So that mentorship dynamic caused a lot of operations. And then last year, 2022, which I can't believe 2023 is almost over, but last year in 2022, we launched Career Pathways Program, which means experienced professionals impacting communities is perfectly positioned to support any child from any community, any other socioeconomical situations, from cradle all the way to career. Cradle to career is why Epic exists, because it allows us to facilitate what we call ecosystem mergers. It brings both for-profit and non-profits together and allows us to make sure that no matter what a child's social economical situation is, they're supported. That's great. I mean, it's so important. My wife's a teacher and and she got out of the system uh, last year, but she's has a business of uh, you know tutoring and, and working with reading comprehension all that with, with kids with learning disabilities. It, it makes such an impact. I mean, yeah. some of the amazing things. Sounds like you're doing great things with that. So, how do people um, how do people find you? Oh, great question. I mean, it's 2023 going into 2024, so you know everything's on social media, right? You're probably watching this right now on social media. Absolutely. So you know, we tell everybody 
check out our Instagram, direct message us. We've got people who are always watching the social media. So at Epic South Florida on Instagram, at Epic South Florida on Instagram. If you're on Facebook, you just shorten it, uh, Epic SFL. Um, that is for now. We are looking at an international movement right now. So we're going to be doing some upgrades, but you'll always be able to find us through our social media. And for United Mentors, if there's any supplemental education, you know, SAT prep, you know, languages, math, science, physics, anything that you need on an academic side, and you can look for at United Mentors, spelled all the way out, at United Mentors on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and this is what we're really looking to accelerate is the social proofing, uh, as well as the visibility, really, for our organizations moving into 2024. And then all, all that, I'm assuming you could do it like anywhere in the U.S. or, or you said ultimately worldwide. It's just something because it's all, it can be remote, which is great. Yep. If you're on the internet, we can get to you. Yeah, that's it. I, it like, it's funny you're, you're saying it, it's definitely old school, like, you know, just putting it out there like that. But we'll put it in the show notes and, uh, you know, definitely encourage. It sounds like you're doing some amazing things with Epic and uh, encourage people to, to reach out and, um, you can find us on alumnidirect.com. You could uh, find us on Instagram and X. And, uh, and the show is on our Alumni Direct YouTube channel, as well as across all the podcast networks. And really encourage people to watch and listen to these podcasts. We have so many great former athletes like AJ. And, and just the, the impact that they're having on the community today is awesome. And to be able to help, like I said, the, the, the challenges that a lot of these athletes are having not just athletes it's a lot of people but just you know focusing on the athlete side of things you know with the mental health and, and financial literacy if we can make an impact on just even one athlete obviously you want to make a lot more than that but uh definitely listen to it aj it's been great we really appreciate all the time today thank you brother i appreciate it very much and you know there is a hashtag trade market more in 24 much more in 24 we're excited about launching our consulting uh if you think about the salvation army Rob, I don't know how many checks you've written the Salvation Army for, but we've all given our clothes, right? And yeah. you see the stores that they have that generate revenue. So that is where the modeling and the education comes in as to like, well, did you know the NFL was a 501c, uh, 501c6, right? These are dynamics of nonprofit organizations that generate a lot of revenue, right? A lot yes. of money gets distributed and generated. And that's where we're stepping into that frame because we can't, we can't impact these social initiatives, we cannot make a dynamic impact on these social initiatives without capital. Right. This is America, right? And as much as we have people, good-hearted, incredible souls that are giving their dollars and their time and their contributions, at the end of the day, what Epic has now fleshed out is a way for them to see a return on their investment. Because who's better to help make more money than the people who are already giving? of their resources to the community. Those are the organizations we want to tap into, work with, and help accelerate. Because if you're doing that already, you're going to do more when you make more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. And uh, thanks again. It's been great. We uh, look forward to seeing everybody on our next show. Take care.